<laughs> this is the Talk Show episode and I am your host, Scott, and this is your co-host all the way from the state that invented Bernie Sanders and snow and maple syrup and I don't know what else. It's Adam St. Germain. Hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait, 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 hold up, hold <laughs> up. Okay, sir. We didn't invent Bernie Sanders. You kind of did. That motherfucker's from New York. Well, how do you? How do you? So when? At, I'm, okay. I'm, he's a, hey, okay. look, I'm, a, I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. Brooklyn. He does sound like he's from Brooklyn, but at what point did he become a Vermonster? Early on? I, Later um, on? Mm, early on. I mean, he's been in Vermont forever. I'm gonna have to Wikipedia this shit because I honestly don't know. Get the Google going, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, also, let me know if it's echoey. It's a touch echoey, but I, I feel like the tone is already better than uh, a couple of previous attempts. But I'm happy. I got, I, got the, I got the bows going. But... Oh, okay. Okay. For the listener out there, we, we had an episode recently where Adam sounded like he was in like an old style, like back in the day, New York City phone booth a little too much. And I could not figure out why. And I asked him if he changed don't anything. Don't hate. And he don't said hate. he went for the cheap headphones that day. And I was like, okay. That's well, true. That's true. No them cheapies. <laughs> but if it's, if it's echo, I want you to know it's echoey. It's because I am at the moment inside the sauna. Oh, you're in the sauna cave? Tell, tell, the, yeah. tell the list. Okay. We're going to go down a side trail but tell tell the real quick what's your sauna situation the sauna situation is we uh we have a sauna sauna kit purchased from b z b cabins check them out uh you know i should have an affiliate link but i don't anyway check yeah. the shit out talk show boys can't be bought so that's not paid advertising that's just this dude's opinion we got the igloo style sauna. It looks like half of an egg. If you took an egg and you stood it on its end and you cut it in half, it looks like that. And uh, anyway, traditional kind of like barrel style. Uh, it's hot as fuck in here right now. It's <laughs> so hot. It's hot as fuck. It depends on which thermometer you go by. I got two thermometers because I can't tell how hot it actually is. What's the spread? One thermometer. <laughs> yeah, one thermometer says. 142. The other thermometer says 210. Damn. So I I don't know. Split the difference. Call it. We'll just we'll just split the difference there. Yeah. That's, that's okay. So do you know why this is episode uh, 50? I can only imagine it is because prior to today. We have successfully completed 49 previous podcasts. Nope. Incorrect. <laughs> that would be the normal reason for an episode to be numbered. Wait, 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 wait. I got, I got another idea. But it's I got incorrect. Another idea. I, okay. Give me one more guess. It's episode 50 because you woke up today and you were like, I want it to be talk show episode 50. Hashtag, why wait? And we just called it fifty. Something like that. 
That's that's a lot. Right. It's a lot like that. It has to do with two metrics that uh, each of us accomplished uh, a week ago today. And so I thought we well, would talk about those two things one at a time. Be, to be clear, uh-huh. I did not accomplish mine a week ago today. You at this that's, point, <laughs> that's, that is correct, and I think we're going to get into that in the deeper, we'll get to that later in the deeper dive because there there's some really cool stuff to talk about. <laughs> I want to get to that, but uh, what we're referring to, of course, is hey. Everybody, you're listening to the talk show. This is a show where we do stuff. We challenge each other. We try to do stuff. We've been talking about a lot of things for a long time. Different challenges we've done, succeeded, failed, whatever. We're currently in a cycle where we're working towards doing, um, Adam already did, shots fired, uh, DIY Ultra, where he did uh, a 50K. Very Wait, can cool. I, can I, inter- I got to interrupt. I got to yes. interrupt. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think... October 2020 is the only month and the only challenge that we both successfully completed. Sort of. There's a caveat to that. Well, there is. A slight caveat to that. Okay. All right. So, and it leads into the beginning of my story. So I'll, I'll tell my story real quick. We're going to, we're going to go in order here. Cause I did the smaller challenge. Adam did the bigger challenge. So I'm going to talk about mine first. Adam's going to go second. Uh, I was trying to set off to do the original uh, challenge of the DIY Ultra, which would be uh, a 50K, the smallest distance I think you can actually get away with calling an Ultra. I believe that technically anything over a marathon is an Ultra, but like 28 miles is just weird. Yeah, like it's so. not it's not a known thing. Whereas like fifty k, thirty one miles, that's a known distance. So that sort of stands well, alone as the the shortest ultra distance I am familiar with. It's the it's the shortest distance that will that will respect. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. So I set out to do that. Adam had done it already previously uh, on a trail run that we documented on the podcast, but I had not gotten there. So I set out to do the same routine we had been talking about doing, which was the heated stay steady September, uh, four weeks of 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles escalating over a four week period. I started in the middle of the month and did 20, 30, 40. And then on the 50 week, things got weird. Uh, stuff at home was complicated. Uh, it just, life, man. Life. life. Life caught up and things weren't going real great. And I, I had to just basically my wife just said, can you come home and just help? And I said, of course I can. So I came home, skipped the run, threw the bag in the car, just come home. Then Friday afternoon, I'm sitting at my desk at work and I'm thinking. Wait, wait. Now, yeah. just to be clear, this huh? is fr- Friday of the scheduled 50 week, which you have now not run at all. Exactly. So Friday afternoon, I'm at work, I'm sitting at my desk, I'm thinking about how this is the 50 mile week, and I haven't run at all yet. And I'm kind of getting bummed out because I've been really pushing myself the previous couple of weeks. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? This sucks. I'm also simultaneously reading and listening to a book on tape, uh, David Goggins can't hurt me, which has been like, bro, you can't, you can't hurt me. Can't hurt me. Can't hurt me, man. And that shit was really good. I, I gotta say, I, maybe my brain is just very vulnerable to that stuff, but I was getting hyped up 
And I was so, same, same. And I was sitting at my desk and I was like, you know what? How can I fix this week? Because I'm going to feel bad. I'm not going to be able to do 50 miles. And then I'm going to feel bad. And I'm going to feel like a little beat up. Like I didn't, I didn't figure out my life for this situation this week. I was like, well, is there something I could do that would make this week still feel cool or badass or like that I could, you know, shake it off and feel good about it? And I was like, I could just do 31 miles tomorrow. And I was like, no, I couldn't do that. I was talking to Adam about doing that three weeks from now. And then I thought about it for a few minutes. I was like, no, man, three weeks from now, two weeks from now, whatever it is, it's all the same shit. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I just felt it in my heart right away. Like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And it just felt 100% sure. And then uh, I texted Adam later on in the evening, kind of nervous, because I was like, if I say this to somebody and then I don't do it, then I look even dumber. But I texted Adam and I was like, Hey man, I'm thinking like I, I, good luck on your run tomorrow, but I'm thinking I might do this stupid thing tomorrow too. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, and leading up to this point, like there was I don't, you know, maybe you noticed it after the fact, but there was like a very uh notable change in like the week of 30 miles and the week of uh 40 miles, particularly like the week of 40 miles. Cause you were like, if we, if we flash back to like, uh, August where, where you, you know, had a harder time, like getting two miles done in, uh, a day, the week of 40, you were like, bro, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna run after work. I'm gonna hit this day. And then you executed all of it. Like it was awesome. It was super cool. <laughs> yeah, it felt good. So, but it was a huge shift. Right. And I think, you know, you mentioned it. We, we were talking the other day, but you were you mentioned it about the mindset change, which is then I think what allowed you to be like, no, nah, fuck tomorrow, I'm doing 50k. What? Yeah, yeah I felt I'm doing it. It felt really good, and I, I'll I'll shout out again. I I don't know. We've said it a bunch on the podcast, but David Goggins, but also just like I think sometimes you need a way in. Like your brain like is around ideas, and they don't quite make it in. And then sometimes there's a way in, and there was just a moment where the idea just seemed to go from in my area to inside my brain. And I was like, I can do this tomorrow. It's, it's not going to be like the fastest 50 K ever, but anyone ever run, but I'm going to go do it and I'm going to do it till it's done. And I swear to God, like from even before I drove down there and parked my car and put my stuff out, I, it started at my desk on Friday. I just knew I was going to do it. And it was the coolest feeling. Cause like, the second it came over my mind, I was like, whatever, however slow or fast it is, I'm going to do it. And it felt yeah. good. It felt good. And so anyway, for the listener, I got up on Saturday morning. I went down to Town Lake here in Austin. It's a 10-mile loop. And I did it three times and then ran a little past till I got to 31 and then actually did 32 because my Strava got screwed up because my the I apparently when you run that long, the battery power on all your shit goes out and I had to like stop at one point and charge something up. But uh, and I think I remember looking right at Strava. You had like pretty decent splits the whole time through. You end up with like a 12, 30 average, 12, 40 average something, mile, something yeah, like that. Something like that. And I slowed down a bit towards the end, but in retrospect, I know I could do it faster, which is the other thing but it, it was i never felt terrible there were just a couple times where my legs got a little tight and i decided to walk a little bit just to let them like try to loosen them up a bit 
and my hips. My hips got kind of tight, which is again, you know, long distance running. But anyway, well, and also like your longest preparatory run was was what? 15. 18, 20, 15. 15. So you were like, I ran, I ran 15. I can run 31. Yeah, I went, I went 10. <laughs> my, 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 my ramp up was 10, 13, 15, 32. It was just a weird jump, but I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, hashtag why, why wait, why wait? And that, and I said that I posted a video where I literally like, that was what I thought that morning when I got up, I was like, why wait? I'm, I'm, Two weeks from now, this is going to hurt just as much as it is today. Let's just do it. So it felt good. I did that. We can talk more about it. But that's my little thing. I did 50K on the same day, at the same approximate time in the great state of Vermont. Adam, you were doing something a little bit crazier. Talk to us about yeah. it. So so we had, we had, if you were following along, we were building towards hashtag DIY Ultra and... After the 50K that I ran in, I think it was August, right? Does that sound right? It sounds right. It was it was yeah. summer when you did that. So I did the 50K in August, and I remember finishing the 50K and thinking, well, I can, I can do 50 miles. Like, this was okay. I feel okay. And, uh, and so I was like, well, great. Then that's what hatched the plan for September, stay steady September, and do the, to do the mileage build. Um, and like finished out the month at like 150 miles, um, which was quite a bit more than August. And, (laughs) and, but more importantly, like I was able to solve in August, I I had to take a bunch of days off at the end because I had a runner's knee and my left knee was just inflamed. Uh, and I was able to, so that, that was really fascinating is that I was able to keep running in September and manage the tightness of my knee and do some PT stretching. And like, it was never an issue. So that's good. That, that was fun. It was a fun experiment. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I upped the mileage all the build up towards this 50 mile attempt. And I'll tell you like on the fourth week when I was doing 50 miles, I had some big runs on the long trail. I was trying to do a couple fast days and I was like over it. I was totally over it. I like, didn't want to run. I was tired. I, I ate shit like twice on uh, each <laughs> run I did. Cause my feet were heavy and I was just tripping and I was like, okay, well this is good. And I kept telling myself, this is really good prep because I'm running on very tired legs. And so I got through the week of 50 and then I took a big rest block and then I started to ramp back up to get ready. Cause I was like, okay, October 10th, man, it's coming. It's coming. And I, I was like, I really dreaded it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I didn't talk to you about it much. Cause I was like, oh, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to let these thoughts out into the universe. Yeah. You so don't want, you don't, you want to necessarily own it if it's just going to get in your head. So I was like, I was like, I'll just keep telling everybody that I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And then I saw, um, I saw Danny from Champlain Valley CrossFit, uh, I think on Thursday, right before, and she was like asking me like how's it going and i was like well i was like i'm already over it like i don't i don't even want to do it <laughs> <laughs> and she's like she sympathized like she knew the feeling of like all this prep and then you're just like waiting for the day just and, just when will it get here <laughs> uh, ha- hashtag why wait right and so <laughs> yeah. and, and anyway so it's like 
I think I told you I had like this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like 50% of me was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to smash 50 miles on the long trail. It's going to be awesome. And the other half of me was like, this is fucking stupid. And I don't even care. (laughs) (laughs) All the feelings conflicting. And I was very divided. Anyway, uh, then we got close to the day and it was like the forecast, the weather forecast kind of sucked. There was like chance of thunderstorms in the afternoon and a few people were like, Hey, what are you gonna do about the weather? Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going, I don't care. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Doesn't matter. And I knew like mentally, if there was two factors in play, if I didn't start on that day on the 10th, I was not going to do it this year. Like that was it. Like, it, well, all my- I mean, and in your defense, you set a date so late in the year that you really didn't have much leverage there. Like, well, that's you were, you were, running, was, you were running against nature at that point. Sure. That was one part of it. But I'll tell you, like, man, mentally, I had invested so much into the 10th that it like, had to happen. <laughs> it had to happen. Like, it, it had to be that day. It couldn't have been the 11th. It had to be the 10th. And so. Uh, turns well, out you were right. Well, well, the finish, what? the finish line might have been on a different day than the star line, but we'll get okay. That yeah, we'll get to that part. But uh, so, but today, I looked at Camel Sump. It's covered in snow and ice. It snowed last. I saw night. you post that, and I was like, man, he barely squeaked out. <laughs> Just time to snuck it right thing. in there. Just yeah. snuck it right in there. So anyway, so so good timing. So uh, yeah, so I started. You know, I did the thing. I had the route mapped out for anybody who didn't follow along. It was 50, actually it was 52 miles on the long trail, starting at Route 2 in Bolton, Vermont, and running south and finishing at Middlebury Gap in Middlebury, Vermont. Um, Covering some and, very challenging uh, terrain. Like, that's not a normal run. That's something else. Yeah. It's definitely in like the mountain run category. It's far beyond a trail run by any stretch. Sure. Uh, and I, th- I think it was like 14,000 feet of climbing. I saw, I saw a number run. come across when I looked at what you posted and I was like, that is a lot of climbing. There's a whole lot of up, but, um, but it was good. Like I was, I was really well prepared with food. I had good lights. I had, uh, some trekking poles for some of the early climbs. Like, like I was totally prepared. My clothing was dialed. I totally lucked out on the weather. It was like 50 degrees in the morning, which was great. Um, all that was good. There wasn't a lot of traffic on the trail on the times that I was on it. Like awesome. Everything was going super duper up until, <laughs> Oh, actually I forget. Uh, the first two miles, two and a half miles are flat. And then at, at mile two and a half started this section from Duxbury road, to uh, Lincoln Gap, and I wanted to get the fastest known time for that section. It's like 31 miles of trail, and I di- I haven't posted it yet. I did successfully lower the fastest known time by about an hour and 15 minutes. Damn! So, congrats. So I will, thanks. So that's I will post solid. that later. Yeah, post that. That's solid. So that was my first goal. I was like, okay, goal number one to keep me focused is like I'm gonna try and get to Lincoln Gap by this time, and I I totally executed it great was super duper no problem got to Lincoln gap had a little snack break refueled on water the whole deal and then five miles later at the top of 
Mount Grant, check in with my wife. She's like, hey, it's hailing, it's lightning. There's a, it's a wild storm here at the house. What are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? It's super nice up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top of a mountain. I feel good. Piece of cake. So, uh, so I took her, I, you know, I took her advice and I was like, well, you know, I'm not in any position to really fuck around with the weather. Uh, and I've said before, right. You have to respect the mountains. They, yes. they command respect and you, you have to respect them. And, um, so I checked the map and, you know, so it was five miles back to the road, which I could have done. And maybe she could have came and picked me up. Um, cause it was probably about four 30 in the afternoon, five 30 and, or three quarters of a mile ahead was a shelter, uh, a green mountain club shelter, which is a three sided lean to. Uh, so I was like, well, Hey, I'm going to go to the shelter and, and see what happens. So I get to the shelter. There's a few other people there. We chit chat. I wait. I wait, it's dark, I wait, I wait, I wait, and then the storm hits, boom, and it's gnarly. It is super gnarly, uh, and I made the right choice, like, should have been in the shelter, was totally the place to be, um, would not have been safe to been out of the trail, uh, and so then I'm like, okay, well, now it's, you know, eight o'clock at night, it's pitch black, it's thunderstorming, I was like, I guess I'm gonna stay at this shelter, um, and so I was prepared you know, like I took the, I took the emergency preparedness seriously. Like I had the stuff to keep myself alive if I had gotten trapped or stuck or hurt out on the trail. So I had my emergency bivy. I had extra clothes. I had a puffy jacket. I put all my clothes on. I put on my puffy jacket. I climbed inside my emergency bivy. Anybody who has not used an emergency bivy, imagine a very large plastic bag that you can slide inside of like a sleeping bag. It sounds so fucking terrible. I can't even explain how terrible it sounds, but you're alive and that's good. Right. That's the, that is the whole key. So I took the water reservoir out of my uh, little running pack. I puffed a little more air into it. So it was a little more puffed up. Uh, I used that as a pillow and I used my emergency divvy as a sleeping bag, obviously. And I laid down to try and sleep because it was dark <laughs> out. So uh, I ended up sleeping like six hours. So that was great. Yeah. Um, from about 8 PM till 2 AM when I woke <laughs> up freezing cold. <laughs> so feeling uh, bad. Yeah. Not super excited. It, I checked, I, I had a thermometer with me so I could see what the weather was. It was 38 degrees. Um, and I knew I was like, okay, well I gotta, I gotta move. I have to just, I got to go. So I quietly moved all my stuff out of the shelter, packed it all up into my pack, uh, got my headlamp and, and chest lamp out and headed out down the trail. <laughs> in about, in like about a, 10 like, minutes. Like a normal crazy person. <laughs> like totally normal, like piece of cake, piece of cake. So yeah, 10 minutes later, I'm, I'm on the trail. I'm warmed up now. My hands are warm. My feet are warm. I feel pretty good. And then as I'm climbing the next mountain, it's all socked in and fog. I'm like in a cloud. Everything's dripping, soaking wet. I'm soaking wet. And I was like, well, this is, this is not good. The sun doesn't come up for three hours. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like 10 plus miles from the finish. Now at the finish, I have a tent and a zero degree sleeping bag and fresh clothes and food and water. So I'm like, okay, if I can get to the finish. Like I'll be in a good cozy but, spot. But by the way, that... This is a thing about the DIY Ultra, which I think 
we have to reiterate real quick, and then I don't want to derail your story, but there is no trophy, there is no medal, there is no one waiting to take your picture. There's nothing. Like I did this thing the other day, and when I finished, no one gave a fuck what I had been doing. No one around knew what I had done. It was just for me. And here you are in the middle of nowhere doing a kind of an epic thing, and all you're trying to do is just get to that tent where you might have some ice cream because no one else cares. No <laughs> you know one cares. I'll tell you, man, like as I was laying in the shelter on the hardwood inside my plastic bag, I was just like, oh, man, the air mattress and warm sleeping bag would be so soft right now. <laughs> so much better. It would be so much better. Oh, that's all I wanted. And then, uh, so yeah, so I, you know, I start going, I got 10 miles to go up and over the mountain. The fog is gone and I'm like, okay, but there's still standing water everywhere. I got a bunch of photos. I still haven't posted of like all the water, the fog, everything. Let's post those and, and, and hashtag them and stuff, but go on. And, uh, yeah. So then, um, I, you know, I get going and then like the sun comes up, I stop at some point, eat some more food. Um, I think with like a mile, two miles to go, I'm like totally out of food. I've eaten everything I had um, <laughs> because, well, you got to think, right? Like I you planned, went, you went long, you went long. So I planned to have extra food in case I got stuck. Right. And turns out I planned like the exact right amount because I got stuck. I ate a bunch of food. And by the time I got to the end, I had no food. So that worked out fine. <laughs> well executed, sir. Yeah. So, that, yeah. So I got, you know, it's funny. Like I, I think in the last mile I was just like, I was bored. I was like, okay, like I get, I get it. I'm done. I did 50 miles. It's over. Like, just give me to this tent. Where's my damn tent. <laughs> so I get, yeah. So I get, I get down. Like I, and it was like, to your point, right? Like there's no celebrations enough. And I walked out of the woods onto Middlebury gap. There was a car coming. I stopped I let the car go. I walk across the road. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and then I just like, you know, hiked up the hill and then veered off into the woods to where my tent was all stashed and, um, climbed inside the tent, you know, got all my shitty gross clothes off and, and devoured a pint of ice cream. And like, and then I took a nap for an hour. Like that was it. <laughs> and yeah. And that, I mean, your effort, obviously that's an amazing story. So cool. So awesome. But like, that's one of the things I think that makes all of this so interesting, especially during this pandemic time, but even just abstracting from that, doing these efforts outside of the, the um, normal constraints of an event, right? Where someone's going to like take your picture and maybe your kids will be there and you get a medal or you, there's no medals, man. Like I, I was, you know, talking to someone at work the other day, uh, and I didn't tell anyone what I did, but someone figured it out from my social media. I don't, they don't all follow it. And they were like, Oh, Hey, you did this run, whatever. And have you ever done a marathon? And I was like, well, actually that run was longer than a marathon. So, so, <laughs> well, the, and yes, I, I, but <laughs> you know, it was just, you're like, well, I have, I have now. Yes, I have. I mean, as uh, of last week, yes, I have, but no one gave me a medal. I'm not part of a, an event. I think there's a lot to that. Like there's a lot to the idea that it's easier to get motivated for an event, like an actual event where someone's going, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I agree with that. And it's much harder. And I think 
potentially much more gratifying to just be like, yep, I'm going to do this thing and I'm not doing it for a medal and I'm not doing it for, cause my friends signed up for a tough mutter. I'm just going to go do this thing cause it's a challenge for me and I'm, I'm going to knock it out of the park or, or not like, you know, certainly you come or up try, short sometimes. But, but that feeling, yeah. I think we both experienced to different degrees cause you did a different thing than me, but I let's go back to just comparing Apples to apples. I think when you did your 50K and when I did my 50K, I think the one thing that we, I think we had different experiences, but I think the one thing that was the same was you had said to me, it was pretty uneventful. Yeah, yeah, right. That was the description. I was like, and I, I was felt like, the yeah. same way. I was like, it was pretty uneventful. I mean, I ran long enough and I had enough time in my head that I did have some thoughts that were helpful in my life. You know, I actually think it was therapeutic in a way, but that's separate from the fact that like as a run, as an activity, it was just like pretty uneventful. Like I just, once I told myself I wasn't going to stop, I just did it. And then I went home and had a normal day after that. It wasn't like I went home and crashed and couldn't walk. I mean, I just went home and had a normal day. Yeah. And I, I think that's the fascinating part, right? Like I talked to you the day after and you were like, yeah, I feel, I feel good. I'm gonna go walk the dog. Like, <laughs> you know, like there was no, uh, I remember like the first marathon I ran years and years ago. And I, my mindset was so wildly different at the time. Uh, I couldn't walk when I got home and I couldn't walk for like two days. I was a mess. Was that the, now I'm, I'm gonna let you tell your own story, but there was a time I think you you set out to do a marathon too fast and burned up. Was it that time or was it a different? No. Time? Well, that burned up is funny because that was the hottest recorded marathon in the country that year. I, that's they what actually, I thought it was. Yeah. You, yeah, you went yeah, to yeah. try to do a marathon. It was like a hundred and something and it wasn't good. <laughs> no, that, no, that one I had prepared for. So that one, my mindset had started to develop a lot more and I had set a goal. I was like, I'm going to run a three hour or faster marathon. Like that was the benchmark. I did all the training for it. I felt super good. I was really lightweight um, in terms of body weight, like everything was great. And then come, come race day, there's factors like, you know, that are just beyond your control. And it was a furnace. Like it was so hot. Um, and, And it was May. So like late May in Vermont should be like 70 degrees. And that's totally fine. Um, that day was like off the charts. Solar radiation was like off the charts. They canceled the marathon at four hours. They picked people up in buses. The city ran out of ambulances to bring people to the hospital. Like that's not good. It was it was bad. It was a bad scene. I PR'd my marathon. Like I I think I went two <laughs> minutes faster than my previous time, which was which was cool. You know, like that was great. Um, Congrats. But. But I remember like I got to mile 20 uh, or 22, which literally went by the end of our street where we lived at the time. Allie was there with with Edie. And uh, and I was like, ah, I think I think I'm just going to drop out because at that point I could just like walk down the street to my house. <laughs> and, so you know? tempting. It's like that's, and, that uh, is my house right there. I'm gonna and like, out. yeah, I, I wasn't going to achieve my goal. I was like way off the pace. And, uh, and Allie had some really great words. Um, and she's like, don't fucking do that. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I won't. <laughs> so, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. So like I finished 
And like this is the thing, like in terms of mindset, like I finished, I crossed the line. I like hadn't achieved my goal. I was like, cool. Thanks for the medal. Thanks for the snacks. And I walked across the street to foam brewers and I sat out on the patio and I think I drank like four or five beers watching other people finish. And then I rode my bike home and was like, totally fine. Like no big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. my mindset is a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I, on, the, on the topic of mindset, I think like there's a couple different I'm going to give my review of how I feel after what I did last week, last Saturday. And then I want you to talk about where your mind is at after what you did last Saturday into Sunday. I, I personally that I was very happy because I made this weird last minute decision to try and surprise basically to surprise myself, but also to surprise you and like do the 50 K but when no one expected me to do it. And so that, that excited me and I did it and it, it worked out okay. But during that whole process, I also thought about other things in my life where I, it, it, and I'm, I don't want to make it more than it is, but it triggered this as I was running and thinking how I like, I was like, this is fine. I feel fine. Everything feels fine. I'm okay. I'm going to finish this. As I was going through that, I started to think about other areas in my life where I maybe was thinking about things being too hard when they really aren't, or like areas where like I was accepting less of myself than the best. And it just became this like set of thoughts that really got in there. And I'm I'm currently like working on some stuff that I won't talk about on the podcast that's about uh, pushing myself in various other areas of my life towards being uh, as challenged as I feel like I should be. And so it, it was a really nice experience for me, <laughs> is what I could say. And at the same time, like I think you might say, like by the end of it, I was like, once your mindset goes to like, I'm going to finish it, then you're just like, oh, that was okay. <laughs> I think, I yeah, I think that there's a funny, and that was the thing I was feeling on Thursday before, right? It's like my mindset was like, I fuck, I know I can do the fifty miles, and and I like didn't feel obligated to prove it. If that makes any sense, sure. Um, and I was just like, fuck, I don't want to do it because it just felt like. I was trying to prove it to someone else or to myself or whatever. And so, yeah, once your mindset goes to the point of like, well, no, I'm just going to do it. Like what is fine. Whatever. There's well, a part of or, your brain where it becomes a foregone conclusion, right? Like, like there's right this, when, and I haven't experienced you. I, you're, I think you've maybe experienced it more than me, but for me, it was maybe the first time I experienced that. And that was like almost magic to me when I was sitting at my desk Friday and I knew I was going to run 31 miles the next day. Like it felt special in the sense that like, I just knew it and it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I think, uh, uh I, it's a, I, I've struggled with that idea. Cause I think I've done, I've done a lot of things where I've decided in my mind, it's a foregone conclusion. And then I don't finish the thing, whatever the thing is. Sure. And I'm just like, I'm like, well, I, yeah, I could have done that. <laughs> and to me, 
Like, you know, to me, I was like, well, that's good enough because I know I could do it. I don't need to actually do it, but I know I could do it. So, so lately, you know, like starting with the 50 K, I was like, well, no, I'm going to like prove to myself I can do it. Sure. Like I'm actually going to finish it. Yeah. And that helps. And so I think the next thing to talk about here, because I mean, we both, I I think this is pretty cool because we both went out and did something awesome a week ago that was good for us in various ways. But I feel like let's talk about a little bit what's next because I think, and I'm going to let you start this time because I think (laughs) you were talking about how, you know, by the time you got to that 50 mile mark, you were almost like bored with it. So what would it take for it to be more stimulating? What do you think would be the next challenge you would put in front of yourself? Or are you not even in a place where, you know, like where do you, what do you think? I've been, I've been grappling with that because I think, um, I think I wanted, I wanted to do something that pushed me to the limit of questioning if I could do it. You know, I wanted to like have that internal struggle of like, can I, even no, I can, this? can I do? Oh yeah, I can, I can do it. Like, yeah, I can. Oh, and you know, back and forth, back and forth. And like, you know, you've been, you've been reading or listening to the, to Goggins book and he, he references it a number of times of like, why am I even here? Like, yeah. why am I doing this? What's the and why? I, yeah. What's the yeah, why and, of this? And I can remember tons of times like in bike races or bike events and just being like, what am I even doing? And just, and then like either deciding to press on or to, you know, pull the rip cord and go home. And I don't know what it like, my mindset has really changed lately. Maybe it's COVID related. Maybe it's Goggins book. Maybe it's the training I've been doing. I don't know. But like at no point during the 28 and a half hours that I was out there. First of all, respect. (laughs) But like, but at no point did I even question what I was doing. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And I would, I would meet people on the trail. Like, you know, people chat on the trail. They're like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this run. It's 50 miles. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I started here. I'm going to, yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'll be done <laughs> I'm going to go there. And they're like, and this dude might be retarded. What's wrong with this guy? And even like in retrospect, you know, I got to the shelter, right. Where people where plenty of people camp, lots of people camp and they're, they're carrying all their gear. Cause they're through hiking the trail. They're out for a weekend or whatever. And I show up with like this tiny backpack and an emergency bivy. And I'm just like, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm gonna sleep here. Like, (laughs) no, it's cool. And the, and like, they ask some questions like, are you okay? Do you need a coat? Do you need this? And I was like, Nope, I'm good. I got it. Hey, respect to those Vermont people though. They like, I feel like I, we've had this conversation off the podcast, but I feel like everyone you encountered was kind to you. I feel that uh, that's been my experience on like long distance hiking trails is that people are kind. Fundamentally kind. Uh, they're all, they feel like yeah. they're part of a community of people trying to do an un, what it, what would you call it? An uncommon thing. Uncommon, right? Yeah, it's just uncommon. Yeah, for and, sure. And that, that, that binds you together. When you're in that group of uncommon people, you want to help the next guy out. And that's good. It's well, good. And that's right. And that's like a, that's like a, it's a common crossfit thing or with shared suffering and it creates community right like it's that's the whole thing but yeah so to to the point right like 
I don't know. I did that 50 miler. I put a, a lot of work into getting ready for it. And it didn't uh, like, honestly, it didn't give me what I wanted. Like, so what does that make you? I, and we've talked about this off the pod too, but what I want to know is what does that make you feel going forward? Do you feel like running challenges of this type just aren't going to make you feel stimulated or do you feel like you need one bigger than? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I've been grappling with. And so like, I feel, I think we've talked about like climbing the ladder. I don't know if I, maybe not on on the podcast, you talk about climbing the ladder and like, I always like that feeling, you know, I think like it's easy to go from like, I ran a 10 K to I'm going to run 10 miles to I'm going to run a half marathon to I'm going to run a marathon. Like that's a logical progression. Sure. And, makes sense. Seems sensible. Right. And you like, you slowly go up the ladder and you, and you push out your distance and you get stronger. And to me, I, I'm always excited when it's like, you're kind of standing on the top step of the ladder, the one that says do not step. And you have to like jump for the next rung. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, you know, like I thought that, after I did the 50K, I was like, well, I'm going to do a 50 miler, but I'm going to make it really fucking hard. And that's why I, I chose the long trail because I was like, yeah. this will make it really challenging. And it did. And I, um, had a, I had a bunch of people, by the way, I posted a little bit about what we were both doing. And I have some hiking friends. You know, I have some New England friends who have hiked through that area. And I had a, several people who were texting me and messaging me like, is your friend okay? Is he's is he all right? Is his brain right? Like, he's, what is he doing? You know, <laughs> which yeah. which was how I knew what you were doing was good. <laughs> well, that's right. So that's how I knew, like, okay, this is the right level. And so, but I don't know, like, yeah, it didn't deliver really anything other other than like a really great test of like my preparedness. Yeah, which I I passed because I survived. So. Uh, which that's like not a game I really want to play. <laughs> yeah. That's not exciting. I don't know. So I don't I, like now I think like, Oh, should I do a hundred miler? And I'm like, I, honestly, I feel like I could just go do a hundred miler and it would be hard and it would be challenging, but like the terrain is going to be way easier than what I just did. You could do the a climbing. Mo- you could do Moab 240. Yeah, well, so there's a race that happens here in Vermont where they do a 250 miler. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm like, that. oh, maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. They're one of the reasons we've been kind of obsessed. I'm going to just say it because whatever. We've been kind of obsessed with uh, David Goggins' book on this podcast recently because it's, I mean, something we were reading at the same time, but it hugely helped me. I was listening to it in my headphones as I ran 31 miles, and it was super helpful. Cause it just got me hyped up. I did a bunch of my, I did a bunch of my training runs listening to the book. Yeah. It got me so hyped up dude. And then, you know, I don't know what he's up to these days. So for a bit I was like, you know, I don't, he, he, he lived his life. He's good. And then I had text something to Adam the other day about like, you know, how pumped I was about this Goggins thing or whatever. And then next the next morning I woke up to like on his Instagram, he just ran second place at the Moab 240, 240 miles. And then a few minutes after he crossed the finish line, he did a set of push-ups, just screaming about how people don't know him. 
You don't, you don't know me. You don't know me. Doing push-ups after running 240 miles. And I was like, this dude continues to be my, uh, you know, North Star. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, and it's great. Like, I think that one of the best parts is that he is not a young, reckless individual. No, he's he's a dude who feels roughly like me, except not well, I think like he, me. <laughs> I think he's even honestly. I'm pretty sure he's older than you. He's close. We're in the same ballpark. He's in his 40s. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like he's not young and just like super fit. He's just made of steel. Nail. I don't know what he's made out of. He's you know, made like, out of something that is not what most people are made out of. <laughs> right, 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 right. But so, so, so hey, let's bring it back a second. I want to bring it back a second. We talked about what we did. We talked about how we felt about what we did. Normally, we talk about what we're going to do. And I think we're kind of leading into that naturally by you saying you're not sure what it would take. So, Adam, what is the next challenge that you want to put in front of yourself if you have one in mind right now? Yeah, so actually, I came up with this one back in uh, September uh, during the, while I was training for the DIY ultra, there was a, um, there was cross the CrossFit games round one happened in September and it was, it was virtual. All the athletes competed at home. One of the events was a 1000 meter row on the rowing machine. And, uh, so I was like, Oh, I was like, well, this is easy to test. Like I have a rower. And it's going to be, you know, three and a half minutes of my life. Like, sure, I can just go downstairs and knock this out and see how it goes. Like, it'll just be fun to do. And so I did it. uh, And I rode uh, 3.17, which is, you know, fast, but not like whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, I had so many mistakes that I made. My butt came off the slider a bunch of times. (laughs) Like, readjust. That's bad. Yeah, but it was like a fun learning experience. But then I did some research and like, the American record um, is, I think, 304 for my weight class and age. So you were so not like, doing very bad. Right. And I, and I like did the math and I was like, okay, 304, this is the pace I have to row. This is what I'd have to do. Um, my butt came off the pad like uh, four times, which I'm going to say is worth six seconds because I had to like stop and readjust. Yeah. So. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to train for it. And then I'm going to try and do it. So that's the next, uh, the next goal. That's not going to be like a month long goal. There's a little bit more build to it. So I'm going to do that. And then starting on Monday, I'm going to follow a CrossFit games athlete level training program and see how I adapt to it. Okay. I think that's great. That sounds exciting. Which is like, yeah. So it's just like super high volume. Uh, and I, you know, like most people wouldn't do it. So it'll just be a fun experiment to see like how, I mean, I'm certainly primed for volume at the moment. So <laughs> we'll <see how> it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see how it goes. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have one that I'm like totally sunk my feet, my teeth into. I'm going to like work towards this rowing thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was kind of, like I said, I was kind of let down, uh, 
yeah, I was like let down by the 50 miler. Totally happy and proud that I did it, but just kind of like. You should be happy and proud. And it was very impressive. And I think at the end of the day, like, I think, and I'll just wager a guess here, that you prepared so well that the execution was almost boring. And that speaks to the preparation a bit. And so if you had gone into it maybe a little more half-assed, it might have felt a little more struggle or epic to get through it. But um, as I talked to you through the time that you were preparing for that, you really had thought it through in a way that was like sort of like nerdy and meticulous to the point where like you knew what you were up against. But then it's almost that element of like, if you know it that well and you know all the ins and outs of it and your physical capabilities, you're just going to get there. I mean, and I'm not anywhere near as fit as you are in this moment, but there was that feeling that I had that on Friday when I thought about running on Saturday, where I was like, I'm just going to be fine. It's going to happen. I'm going to finish it. And like, once that takes over your mind, the excitement of, can I do it goes away. Right. It's a funny, it's a funny trade-off. <laughs> and it's a funny trade-off because you, you're going to do it and you're going to finish but the excitement of could you do it is sort of the you barter that out. It gets traded out because right. you just know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what do you do next? Right. Well, you haven't answered the question though, Scott. What is next for so, you? So for me, uh, I, I'm still thinking it all out, but I did register for a running race, a trail running race on November 7th, only a few weeks away. It's a marathon distance on trails outside of Austin. But this is, this is an actual organized event. It's an organized event. That's trying to follow the, you know, times. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. But yeah. Protocol. Exactly. And if that goes well and I feel good about that, the same group organizing that is putting on an event in late, actually the last day of January, I think, which will be 2021 by then. And uh, they're doing a double marathon you can do, which would be 53 ish miles. So my, what I'm thinking about right now is just following through this long running thing. I don't think it's what I want to do for a long, long time, but I'm still getting some benefit out of it and feeling good about it. So I think I'm going to see it through a little bit further and then, uh, you know, do this marathon on trails. Cause I didn't really do my run on trails like you did. Yeah. You have like a, a hybrid mix of like gravel path, trail, sidewalk, yeah, uh, you had like a true like all terrain run, which I honestly I think is is harder because the impact on the hard surfaces is can, can be, be devastating. Can be, it can be tough. So, uh, yeah. so I'm thinking of doing my next couple events on trails for real, and then reevaluating. But this is exciting. I feel like th- this was the um, in a time that we've done the podcast. This was the most beneficial thing that happened for me in terms of like I went and did this run it was successful, but I also, during the portion of doing that, I I had some really like some really good self contemplation about like, uh, and I'll ask you this, Adam too. I don't know, like you're in a good place. You have a good job. You've been stable with it for a while, but there's these ideas that come into your mind sometimes where you're like, I want to, am I doing everything I can? Am I doing the best things I can? Am I, am I, do I feel challenged in this area of my life? And 
So that's kind of where I was going in my mind when I was like getting past 20 miles and going towards 30 miles. I was like, sure, sure. What areas in my life am I afraid of going this deep on? You know what I mean? Like when you're like going and you're like, I'm going to just run even if it hurts. Well, what other areas in my life am I not approaching yeah. with this level of intensity? And maybe I should reevaluate those. And so it was very meditative for me. And, uh, Anyway, that that's the, that was probably the most positive aspect of it for me. That's sweet. That is sweet. I would and en- I would entertain the idea of a trail running ultra distance marathon. Yes. So I, I think I've seen a few of those. I don't know if they'll come back for 2021, maybe 2022. At which point, maybe I'll be totally overrunning. Who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like running. The funny thing about this is we've been talking a lot about running on this podcast. I think I speak for both of us when I say running is not our favorite thing. No, not actually. I was talking to Laura from the from the gym, and I was telling her about running, and she knew she knew I'd be doing all this training and stuff. And um, and I was like, she's a big swimmer. Okay. And I was like, I was like, Laura, this has been this has been great. I don't feel obligated to train for anything specifically. I don't feel obligated to be ready for anything specifically. And my heart wants to run. So right now, fucking I'm running. And then like tomorrow, if I don't want to run anymore, I won't just stop. I'll just do something else. (laughs) And I think for me, like that has been, uh, that has been like the most liberating thing is somebody that like really came from, very focused training and and bike racing and like feeling like you had to do certain things and you had to whatever. Like, it was just like, I'm going to run. I'm not going to run. And I think that was part of the struggle when it came down to time to do the event is I was like, well, I'm kind of over it. Like I'm done running, but (laughs) I've I've invested, I've invested all this time and effort. Like I I talked to you the couple nights before I talked to you, you kind of seem like, I don't know. That's yeah, like, and I think it's like no, yeah. dude, you've done the work. You're gonna fly through this, and it's gonna maybe be boring, but just do the go get what you what you earned for yourself. You set out to do this, go get it. Yeah, and so I think I think that was part of it. Is I'm just like lately, I've been very much like I'm gonna do this thing. No, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this thing. Oh, I'm gonna work on. So that's cool. I saw it through, which is um. Which is great. Like for me, I think that's the biggest accomplishment because normally I would have just walked away at like 90% and just been like, eh, good enough. Okay. So, so wait, so wait, wait, I said on the November 7th, I'm going to run a marathon on trails and then maybe I'm not committing to this yet, but maybe I'll run a double marathon in late January. What are you thinking you're going to try to do over the, cause also you're in new England and it's winter. So like, what are you thinking you're going to do or not do this winter to, to push yourself? Well, I I'll tell you. So, uh, you talked you about push- CrossFit stuff. I heard that, but I'm just thinking like, how, how does that affect you that, that going outside might get harder soon? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, for anyone who follows along on Instagram at shorthandled shovel, uh, I haven't been posting much lately because I've been very busy in the garage winterizing it and so i have insulated the entire gym area i cut a little loft in the ceiling so i have room to do wall balls inside and um, muscle ups inside and 
I'm going to hang, and I got a heater space, uh, a programmable uh, space heater for the space. So I'll be able to train pretty well in the garage for the winter. And, you know, I'm going to ski and do some, like some of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. We'll see in November though, I did sign up for OCR stars, uh, which is an online obstacle course racing virtual competition. Nice. So we'll, there's no actual obstacle course. Like one of the event, there's four events. One of the events is a one mile time trial. So like, I'm kind of curious to see what I can do with that. Obviously I'm not super prepped to run an all out mile at this point, but that's okay. Um, and then there's like one that's like a dumbbell workout and then they haven't announced the other two yet. So, so we'll see. Um, sounds good. Yeah. I'm like a lost puppy at the moment. You know, I haven't really, <laughs> I, like I haven't got the scent of something, but as soon as I do, I'll, you know, I'll dig into it. For that, sure, that's but. good though. That means you're ready. You're, you're ready to accept new challenges. I think, uh, going forward, uh, into next month, we normally have a challenge for this podcast. We do. It's true. We're we going do. from, uh, an intense challenge into like kind of a holiday season. What if we, we don't did, have a clear challenge and it doesn't have to be something big or epic, but what would be fun to do going, what are we looking at today is, Oh God, it's, it's mid October past. Yeah. yeah but what, what right, would be gonna, I got a proposal. I got a proposal. Yes. Go. November is the sleep challenge. Ooh. And, uh, because you're on the whoop, we can, we can, there's no honor system. We got the, we got the real data here. Um, anybody listening, you can join in, uh, join the team on whoop short handle shovel. Um, but let's do, let's do the sleep challenge. And so who has over the course of the month, I'm going to aim for 85% or better average sleep. Sure. Oh, by the way, my wife joined Whoop last night and immediately posted a 100% sleep score. And I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, but it's calibrating, though. It's calibrating. No, Come it's on, figuring man. her it's out. Coming. I'm like, this is bullshit. I can't have this. I, w- I will say that is for as good as I felt following the 50 miler, and I, I really like wasn't sore, I wasn't beat up, I did sleep for 11 hours. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> that was so, crazy there was a point and i posted this in a thing but there was a point when i texted you and we were both at mile 21 because i oh yeah we were right at the same yeah for sure so crazy we started at different times we were doing different things but there was a moment when i texted you texted me back and we were both at essentially mile 21 and i was like this motherfucker's going for 50 miles it's crazy yeah and yeah. so I think going forward, uh, I'm looking to push the ultra running a little bit for myself. Not crazy, but I, I'm the other thing I want to say, and I'll, I'll throw it down. Cause if I say it on the podcast, then it'll make it more real, but I want to do, if it occurs this winter, I want to do the Austin, uh, marathon, the actual real Austin marathon. Oh, the real marathon. And I want to see if, how fast I can do it. Uh, which so, you have you have not done a marathon right i've never done a marathon uh distance run and what was your fastest half marathon uh under eight minute miles 
like seven, like I forget what it was, but it was just under, just under like a seven fifty five minute half. Oh, so you were like maybe so eight. Uh, I never broke the magic. The magic number would be like what is it, one forty or? Yeah, hundred minutes, right? They always say hundred minutes. I've never broke that, but I got, I got close. I got close. Huh. And I think the time I got closest, I was running with a friend, and we were like pacing with each other, and I think. On my own, I could have done it. Theoretically, I don't know. I'll never be able to know. But uh, so I would like to try and do. In theory, I would like to be able to do a Boston Marathon qualifying time, which is super fast. But I just don't know. If I, I think I, for you, yeah, for your age, is like three fifteen. It would be very hard. But I, I would like to. I don't know. I would just like to do that. I would like to have that on my resume. Sure, your Palmares. Put it on the Palmares. I would like to. Uh, I would like to be able to know that I did that, even if I never go to Boston and do the thing. I can dig it. I can dig it, man. This, yeah, that's what I was trying to do. The year that it was a furnace, that's what I was like. Same deal. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna run sub three. And you were younger, Just, so at your age, it probably was three under three ten. It was three oh four. Oh, it's so was, fast. That's that's hard was, to do that fast. But I had trained to run two fifty. Six. Yeah. Was my target. So I had a little buffer. You know, I was like, okay, I got a little I got a little wiggle room here. Yeah, but if you blow um, up, you blow up. And no, you know what this no Yeah, but that's up. that's my jam, right? Like I'm either going all in or I'm not. Like I don't yeah, care about that's what that's what you know what though? That makes you real. I, I've been to so many you you have too. Over the years, both of us have been to so many of these uh bike races, runs, whatever, extreme endurance events. And what you notice is that if you within a few minutes of the start line, right? Like I remember going to a, a half marathon once and we were at the, we weren't even, we didn't even hit the one mile mark. And I saw dudes who looked fitter than I've ever looked going the other way. They'd already quit. <laughs> and I was like, what is this motherfucker who looks fitter than I've ever looked quit for? And it's because they just they shook the legs out. They knew they weren't going to get the the time they wanted. They it wasn't stopped. there, right? It was it yeah. They're there. like, nope, and not today. <laughs> stopped and went back to the car. And I was like, this is messing with my head. I really wish these guys weren't doing this. That actually reminds me. There's I don't know if I've ever talked about this. One time, uh, in the year that I was training to go sub three, I went to a, a small local half marathon, and I won. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> nice. And and I remember like I remember being on the start line. Wasn't it wasn't a very big race, like very small local sure, race. And, but but still and, happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so I remember like we were on the start line and I was like, okay, I had a target. I knew what I wanted to run that day. And I was like, I'll just see how it goes. And we take off and we're running. And then there's this fucking guy. Like he takes off like a rocket. And I was like, wow, that guy's fast as shit. He's so and fast. like Yeah, but then like three miles in. Like I can see him and I'm like, oh, maybe I can catch up and run with this guy. And I reel him in. And if you read the Goggins book, you know all about taking souls. You took his soul. You you went hard. I <laughs> smashed this man. <laughs> you went hard when he wasn't ready and it broke him. Yeah. I remember like I caught him. He looked over. We ran shoulder to shoulder and it went uphill. And I was like, no, this is the pace I'm running. And I just like kept the pace and the dude <laughs> He may as well just stopped and walked. Like he just disappeared. Yeah. And I was like, but then I didn't know what to do. I had never led a running race in my life. And I was like, 
Not many, I was like, not many people have, but you just go. Okay. You just go. I was like, well, I'm just going to keep smashing it. And I remember I had this tiny little camera and I was taking pictures as I was running. Cause I was like, this is fucking awesome. And I was like taking <laughs> selfies, taking pictures of the scenery, whatever. And then I, you know, I crossed the finish line. I won. Wasn't like a super fast time. <laughs> and uh, I won like a bottle of wine and like a little gift card or something. It was great. It was awesome. Still so. a good feeling. And you like, you know that feeling when you look at the guy and he looks at you and you're like, I'm going to keep going this fast. Are you okay? And he's not. Okay. Uh, I remember it from bike racing. That's a like, special when, feeling. Cause you, you broke that guy in that moment. You Ga- broke him. When Goggins talked about it, I like it. I had so many flashbacks and I, I remember being on both sides of it. And he talks about, you only have to keep going hard for one more second, like just one more second than the other person. And I've been on both sides. Like, Oh, I've yeah. taken souls and I've had my soul sucked oh. out of my body. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I've, I, it, I, my, in my less illustrious bike career, I've had moments where I've done very well for myself and moments where I've literally watched somebody just ride me into quitting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You just like, Oh, I just can't, I just can't do it. And I'm curious now, like I have a totally different mindset than I did when I was younger racing bikes. Like, I think I would have been much better had I had this mindset. <laughs> yeah, who knows? You know, like it's hard to say. Yeah, it's. Uh, so we gotta wrap feel, up. I think we gotta wrap yeah. up soon. But I think one thing we should both say uh, here is that, like, uh, it just as a uh, for the audience, uh, "Can't Hurt Me" by David Goggins. We both were reading this and thinking a lot about this over the last couple months. I, I is that fair to say? Can't recommend it enough. It's, it's just amazing. Powerful. Like, I mean, I'm not a self-help guy and I'm not someone who normally likes advice from people. <laughs> it's like just not my temperament. And uh, I read this book and it had a really strong effect on my mindset and, and, and I think is going to help me going forward, like really like help me in a, an interesting way. And I think I would recommend it to anybody out there at all. For, I, for whatever I would, you might be dealing with in your life, check it out. I would recommend the audio book because you get some you get some audio insights between chapters from Goggins, and he goes deeper on some of the subjects, and it is like out of this world. <laughs> so, yeah. dude, dude, totally is on, worth it. Dude is on a level that uh, few people in this life will achieve, and I think when someone hits that level, they become almost like the Buddha. You know what I mean? So it's like, this guy is an unusual Buddha, but he's still like a Buddha. And I want to hear what he has to say at it's any given great. time. It's great. It is. It is absolutely great. So, all right, Scott. So you got coming up in November, uh, the marathon, right? Yes, yes sir. Great. We got something to look forward to. Uh, sweet. What okay. You, and Adam, I'm, I'm going to wait on you. Next episode, we're going to hear what you're doing. We'll see. Maybe I'll have something. Maybe maybe I'll just be eating pies. You don't know. You might be you eating pies. Dude, dude eats some pies. I'm telling you. I eat some pies. I'm, oh, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, I might mail you one, Scott, if I can make three. I make this <laughs> ch- chocolate bourbon pie I want for Thanksgiving. That. Yes, oh, please. Do this, it's please. So, it's so good. <laughs> please, sir, do this. All right. Hey, we did so this, I think. And I really want to hear from you on the next episode, what your new challenge is. I know you need some time. You did a big ass thing, but we're going to bring it. I have a quick, wait, before we go, I have a mm-hmm. question. 
Yes. In terms of durability. Yes. You made it through the the 50K trouble-free, blisters, hot spots, shin splints, every, nothing, no problems. The only thing I had was a, a minor, very minor, not major problem, uh, <laughs> nipple chafing. Because at one point, oh, right. you said I that. did the first lap with a shirt on, which maybe I shouldn't have, but it was dark and it was kind of a little cool. And Bro, I had shirts are done. Shirts are done. And then I had a whole bunch of, I did a classic idiot thing where I had a whole bunch of equipment. I bought like the night before and I wasn't sure what to use or if it was all set right. Anyway, it was fine. But like, uh, yeah, I felt good. I, I, the thing I felt the whole time, and I'll just say this, and I don't know, I got lucky because I did a 15 mile run like two weeks before where I felt kind of bad after about mile 10. But on this day, in this mindset that I was in, I got to all the way to mile 20 and I was still thinking to myself, I feel good. Aren't I supposed to feel bad? And then you had said this thing and, and Goggins says this thing about like, uh, you know, oh, it's hell week. You're supposed to be, feel bad on Wednesday, right? And then when you do a marathon, you're supposed to feel bad at mile 20, right? Fuck that. But I was like, I fucking feel fine. I feel fine. And I felt fine until about mile 25 or 24. And then I started to feel like my legs were really heavy and things started to get kind of tight. But I was already almost done by that point. So I just finished it. It was fine. Right. You're just like, I'm already there. I'm there. Piece but, of cake. But it was weird because I felt like if I believed that I would feel bad at mile 20, I would have. I just didn't right. believe it. I just didn't believe it. I was like. That ain't that ain't you. That ain't you. <laughs> Some you don't guy. know me. <laughs> Although, hey, there was one thing I nipped in the bud real early. I had socks that were like almost too low cut. And so one of them was starting to grind between the rim of my shoe and my heel. Oh. And I yanked it way up and it was fine. But it was like, I could tell it was, it was, have you ever gotten a blister, Adam, when you're running on your foot from like friction? I get these bizarre blisters, which is, I was going to ask this question. I get this bizarre blister on the arch of my foot mm. from the, from where the footbed meets the side of the shoe sometimes, not always, but what I get is a blister underneath the callus of my big toe. Oh, that's interesting. And, I, and I'm not sure. So I'm curious for people out there in listening land. <laughs> I don't get that, but that seems like an anatomical situation. Yeah, if they have any tips or I know it happens to ultra runners and I'm just curious like what causes it or what might fix it. Yeah, hit so. us up at um what are they going to hit us up at? I don't know, even anymore. Short handled <laughs> shovel, short handled shovel on Instagram. Short handled shovel on Instagram um and yeah, I think we did it, man. This has been awesome. I think we this is one of the biggest challenges we've done on the podcast that we both finished. Smashed it feel good and you smashed that long challenge and by the way i just want to say for the listeners out there on the night that adam was in the woods and the storm came i texted him and i was like hey man are you okay and he was like doing this obvious like i don't have much battery power kind of thing where he didn't really <laughs> respond that much and he was like fine and i'm like he's not fine <laughs> this isn't okay well you know I'll, so what it was was that there was like if you left the phone in one spot for 20 minutes it would send a text message but if you looked at it the wrong way it or if you moved yeah. it it wouldn't send it so i had to be like i had to be like a ninja um 
And uh, anyway, actually, on that note, shout out to all the people that texted me and messaged me on Saturday night uh, wondering about my whereabouts. <laughs> much <laughs> much appreciated. Guys, they probably rolled in on Sunday morning as you were like sitting back in the tent like, fuck, that sucked. <laughs> well, you know, like because I was I was posting regular updates when I had service throughout the day on Saturday sure. and then I. And then it just fell off. Like I just stopped I got doing dark. it. I turned to my wife right before I we went to bed and I was like, Adam's in Vermont in the woods in a <laughs> yurt or something. And I don't know how he's going to do. <laughs> uh, but at no, you know, at, I'm telling you, man. And she was no, like, what does Allie know? And I'm like, of course Allie knows, but you know what? He's fine. <laughs> well, that was, but that was the thing, Scott, at no point did I, did I question it or doubt it? I was like, yep. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be totally fine. It was fine. No problem. And I believed in it. I said to my wife, he's fine. (laughs) You were fine. Right. You just got to believe. Now, had I panicked, boy, would it have been a bad situation. Would have been bad. (laughs) So don't panic. We we did it. Talk show. Talk show. Episode 50. Yes. We we brought it. Uh, New challenges to come on episode 51, which will probably be named 50 or 60 or 78. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, hard to say. Hard to say, really. Hard to say. Yeah. But, man, congratulations on running 50 miles. That's amazing. And uh, Likewise, sir. Likewise. Well, only 50K. I'm going to do 50 miles later. But uh, let, let's, uh, let's send this off. What do we do? What is the, what is the sign off? I don't remember. Um, you know, I think uh, this podcast has ended. Let us go in peace. Let us go in peace. And, hey, if you all out there haven't done 50K or 50 miles, go get some. Why wait? Why wait? Why wait? Yes. See ya. Are you willing to go before you reach all your selfish goals? Punchline after punchline.